Okay. <laughs> I'm ready to start. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. <clears throat> okay. Energy is good. Let's go. Okay. Ready in <laughs> three, <laughs> two, one. Hey, I'm Akko. And I'm Marcy. <laughs> and welcome back <laughs> to the very excited um, <laughs> Colored Pages <laughs> Book Club, which is a bi-weekly podcast. Is it? Yes, it is. That yes, focuses is. on, on I know, everyone knows it, fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from Colorful Backgrounds. Yes, Colorful Backgrounds. Oh, uh, yes. And today, we will actually be talking about my pick, which is Woo. a South Asian... <laughs> Woo! Which is a <laughs> South Asian mystery slash detective love story called The Widows of Malabar Hill, a perving mystery novel by Sujata Masi. So, for a little bit of background, uh, Sujata Masi is the author of 14 novels, two Ooh. novellas, and numerous wow. short stories. So... Mm. Already just fucking it up. That have been published in 18 countries. Not 17, mm. not 16, not 13, <laughs> but 18 countries. Her novels have won the Agatha, Lefty, and McCavity Awards and been finalists for the Edgar, Anthony, and Mary Higgins Clark Prizes. Born Aww. in England to parents from India and Germany, she now lives in Baltimore, Maryland. She earned a BA in writing seminars at the... Johns Hopkins <laughs> University and wrote features oh. for the Baltimore Evening Sun newspaper before becoming a novelist. So just started writing, you know, very much a beginning writer. You know, we wanted to highlight some new voices who haven't been exposed yet on the <laughs> podcast. Um, so, yeah, so I'm very, very excited because of just like a mystery, like detective moment. Like, like, have we done yeah. that? I'm not sure if we've done that on the show. We've done horror. We've done like creepy, you know, ghost-ish stories but no i don't think we've done like a like a noir you know mystery detective mm. i'm very excited yeah me too oh cannot wait yes but before we get into that marcy mm-hmm. i have <gasps> a cultural context <laughs> <laughs> wait wait what <laughs> Yes, I don't have a question this week. This week, I thought, because this story takes place <laughs> in 20th century <laughs> India, and there's like so much cultural and historical context that's really interesting and powerful about this, that I, having taken some classes in and understanding, was like, oh mm-hmm. my God, this adds so much to this story. I thought that I would give, I guess, an Akko footnote. So <laughs> Great. Oh, shit. Let me pull up my notebook. Let me start taking some notes. <laughs> Marcy shit. pushes up glasses and is right. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like perched at my desk and ready to go. Like, oof, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so basically this story takes place in 20th century India under the British Raj. And the British Raj was from 1858 to 1947, which ended with the partition. A complete different conversation that deserves far more time than we can talk about, so we're not going to get into it. Mm -hmm. But under the British Raj, you had what is known today as modern-day India, modern-day Pakistan, and modern-day Bangladesh. Mm -hmm. Um, Before 1858, there was this whole thing about the East Indian Trading Company, so really the British had influence in the continent before. 
because of capitalism, but we're seriously not going to get into it because that's a whole other story. (laughs) Now, before the British colonization took over, the South Asian continent was under the Mughal Empire. Mm -hmm. Also, a super fascinating empire from 1526 to 1857. Mm -hmm. The founder of it was actually an invader who was related to Genghis Khan on his mother's side. And Mm -hmm. getting into Genghis Khan and his effect on the Asiatic continent, also super interesting don't have time for it so <laughs> so history takes a while is is what i'm getting <laughs> history takes a while so the, but in short the mughal empire was one of many muslim empires during the golden age of islamic culture mm-hmm. and people debate on the time frame for this but i think for simplicity we can start with muhammad the prophet up until the fall of the last strong islamic empire before the 20th century or in mm-hmm. the 20th century which is the ottoman empire which fell after world war one there's a whole thing there mm-hmm. anyway was the ottoman empire was that from like were they from was it centered in like turkey yes you're correct. Oh, okay okay no you're correct um Whew, okay 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 but i'm like let me not look ignorant <laughs> <laughs> So what's really interesting about the Islamic Caliphate, this time period, is the West really shows it in a negative light. You know, if you think of the Holy Crusades, where the West is like, we're going to go fight the Crusades. And they really paint like um, mm-hmm. them as like the, the West is like glorious battle for like Christianity. But under the the Islamic Golden Age, it spread from South Asia with the Mughals all the way down into mm-hmm. sub-Saharan Africa, including parts of Europe, like the Spanish Moorish Empire, which was an Islamic empire from like the third century to the eighth century. Like it was like 500 mm. years. And if you look at Spanish architecture, you see a lot of that Islamic influence and actually Spanish has been influenced a lot by these words. Mm. Okay. The, the empire is also responsible for huge scientific and mathematic advancements, the translation of old Roman literature and science, modern day numeric system, and the study of optometry just as a concept. Optometry? Uh, yes, yes. Huh. They had, yeah, there were advanced schools called madrasas, which come up. They still exist, by the way. There are madrasas now. Um, mm-hmm. But this is the time period that they sort of started. A deep scientific tradition that included philosophy and religious studies as well as secular studies. Mm-hmm. Um by the way, the Enlightenment period that everyone brags about basically was white Westerners stealing Islamic science and saying they invented it. So, mm. yeah. Also, everyone knew that the world was round in the Islamic Empire. Just putting that out there. No oh. one was confused. Everybody knew. <laughs> everyone so, was <bored. laughs> um, And also, like, while the West was going through the Black Plague, it was actually the height of the Caliphate Empire. So just remember when people talk about, oh, the Dark Ages, it wasn't dark <laughs> for other parts of the world, which is why... <laughs> The Spanish didn't have the same plague problem because they were under the Islamic Empire um, or a oh Islamic God. Empire. Yeah, there were different ones. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I should clarify there are different ones and there are different rises and falls. Like there are the Abbasids and there are different groups and in different locations. Um, mm-hmm. It has a similar relationship to like the Pope and how the Pope had influence on different places, but not everywhere it was like under the Pope. You see what I'm saying? There was like a religious ethno state, but also not. Um, Got you. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking about the age before nationhood. So this is the age of empire, which had a completely different power dynamic that we have now that we kind of forget about. Mm -hmm. Okay. So although the Mughal empire was Muslim, India has always been multicultural with multiple cultures, religions, and languages, including, Mm -hmm. just to name a few, because we're really not going to get to all of them because there are a lot, (laughs) Buddhism, Hinduism, Sikhism, languages such as Hindi, Urdu, Tamil, 
Gujarati and a really, really long history and culture that predates Mughal Empire. Like Sanskrit, mm-hmm. one of the lo- oldest languages. Hindi, one of the oldest religions. Like this is, <laughs> civil- they had civilization while some people were just taking a nap outside. Right. It really is amazing. Um, and as I said, the Mughals were actually a, not modern, but like they're not that old. They, they started in 1858 and they were an, an invading force. Mm-hmm. Um now, there's like a whole conversation to be said about Muslims, Hindi, and the national, national polit- political state of the South Asian continent and the conflicts there and the tensions and the Kashmir and Pakistan and Nepal. And even China gets thrown into the mix at a certain point. But mm-hmm. Akko is so strongly unequipped to talk about that that she's going to tell herself <laughs> to stay in her own lane. <laughs> All of this is very interesting and you should read about it from experts and people who it's very personal to them. And I recommend doing it. Okay. I uh, quick pause. Yes. I, I I just want that to like the way you just modeled that. I just want that to like kind of sit in time space. Like <laughs> you were like, you know what? I don't know nothing. I, you know, there there are people who are more qualified to talk about this mm-hmm. than me. So let's just defer to them rather than just saying whatever. I feel like that's just a cultural practice that we should adopt more often. But yes, anyway, because this is real people in their real lives. Yes. So what's really interesting about this story in particular is it actually talks about the Zoroastrian minority group that lives in India. Now we're going to get a whole other intersection here because Zoroastrian religion comes from Persia, another incredible empire that people should learn and read about, which the Persian Empire is known today as modern day Iran. Of course, empires are bigger than nation states, so it's, mm. it takes up other places. But, mm. um, you know, they speak Farsi and they have the oldest monolithic religion, which is Zoroastrianism. Mm. Zoroastrianism has actually influenced Judaism, Christianity and Islam. Like it literally has influenced mm. everything. And then, although it's primarily practiced in Iran, obviously people immigrate and move. And mm-hmm. so there are Persians in Iraq, and there are also a small group in India, which is Praveen, the main character, is Zoroastrian in India. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just a little bit. We're not going to get too much into it because, again, this is where you read a book by somebody else who knows more. <laughs> but just like there are churches and mosques and synagogues, they have fire temples. At least that's what it's called in English, which mm-hmm. that comes up in the story as well. So I thought I'd bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um so the reason when you're reading this book, you're going to see that there's a lot of Islamic words, even though it's under the British Empire. And that's because when the British took over, they kept the Mughal Empire structure in place because they were like, this is working. Basically, the, the <laughs> equivalent of like they took a flag and put it on and were like, ours. Like they like had a sticker and they're like, let's just put it, put it right here. You're like, is, it feels like it's functioning just like the old empire. And they're like, right here. And you're like, oh, <laughs> all right, fine. So um, <laughs> there was also because the Mughals were lighter skin and there's something to be said about British Enlightenment had this idea of like, oh, we're all Aryans and we're getting into like Nazi territory. And Oof. that's why you're going to see like the swastika has a lot of similarities to the Buddhist um, like symbol, even though it's not the same. And they did steal it. Yeah. But they were like, oh, lighter skin people, they're good. So we're going to keep them in charge. And so now you're seeing the like the beginning of like. British colonization and the anti-blackness and mm. colorism that comes with it. I'm not going to get into that. Also should read about it. So the words <laughs> you're going to see that are really interesting uh-huh. or that you should know about madrasa, which is the academy that could be religious or secular. And they're really important during the Islamic golden age. And mm-hmm. creating one was seen as a very socially important thing to do. By mm-hmm. the way, women and men could both study in madrasas as early as 15th century. So wow. I know we talk about the, you know, when people like to paint some religions as more oppressive than others, but let's just remember that in the 15th century, 
other w- cultures of women were not in school. So <laughs> just remember that. Mm. A waqf is a charitable donation made under Islamic law. It has a lot of significance because it's a very strong tenet of Islamic religious faith. It's like one mm-hmm. of the five pillars called zakat. There's other ones like pilgrimage and praying for five, five times a day. Okay, mm-hmm. again, religious studies. So Islamic law is a whole set of legal studies. People don't understand this. It's like literally its own legal sect that people practice and get degrees in. And it's on the same mm-hmm. level of complexity and social architecture as civil law, which is practiced in Europe and Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about it. Common law, which is practiced in the U.S. What? and Britain. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. U.S. <laughs> and Britain. And a hybrid of the two, which is practiced in Canada and parts of Asia. The reason Louisiana Anna practices civil law is because it was a French colony first and they kept that tradition. Interesting. Because France and Germany, I believe, are civil law. Japan has an interesting like mixture of both civil law and its own law, which is because it got civil law for Germany, but then it has its own law and culture. Anyway, um, we're not going to get into the legal history of different countries because, again, we only have so much time. <laughs> But yeah, so there you go, kids. You're going to see that when there's a lot of like different like nationalities and people and a lot of, you know, people talk about, about America as this hodgepodge and this like global country. But mm-hmm. I like to debunk the idea that that's the first time in his- there have been global and international hubs for as long as humans have been people. And when you talk about things like the Silk Road that connected all of Middle East into Asia and Africa, when you mm-hmm. talk about different parts of Asian empires, all there was a lot of mixing. There was a lot of t- places where people of different cultures were mixing together and people became very good mm-hmm. at understanding like, oh, I need to be able to understand this person. I need to be able to under this, understand this person. My language or my culture isn't the dominant one. We're all, you know, it, it was seen as a as a benefit or a strength to be able to know different things and understand mm. them, even if it wasn't your culture, which I think the story shows really well. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it kind of debunks. I think America has a lot of this idea of like, well, if you don't speak our language and if you don't know how to do this, then you're, you're the problem. Whereas in mm-hmm. other places it's like, no, wait, how do you not know how to like, don't you have any friends of that culture? Like, how do you not know mm-hmm. how to, or even if that's not your religion or whatever, why don't you understand that that's theirs? And it's almost a, a default that you should understand that other people's way of being as opposed to penalizing people and using it against them. Right. Which I think has a lot to do with white supremacy, but Anyway, that's all. <laughs> Footnotes. Huh. <laughs> wow. That was, thank you for that context. That was really helpful. Um, yeah, like, honestly, I'm trying to, like, I, I'm, I'm literally, like, looking at my notes. I'm, like, flipping through the pages. I'm like, yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like I'm pretty prepared for the exam. Like, I, I don't really have any questions <laughs> right now. But, like, your office hours are from, like, 3 to 4. So I'll, like, let you know. But um, Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be there, you know, with snacks, maybe some tea, you know. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Thank God. But, um, yeah. But that's... you'll notice. No, no, keep going. Oh, I was just going to say, but you'll notice in the story that even though Praveen is Farsi in India and the peop- the client she's working with, or a Muslim woman, she understands mm-hmm. um, the complexity of the situation and different rules. And she doesn't always understand that sometimes her father reprimands her for not knowing. Mm-hmm. But it's the default that she should be able to understand, even if it's not her culture, what's going on and how mm-hmm. to adequately represent and help people. And I really liked it. Yeah. Well, speaking of Perveen and all the things that relate to her, um, let's take a break. And when we get back, we'll talk about the plot summary of Woo. Widows of Malabar Hill. <laughs>
I passed the quiz. <laughs> oh, thank God. So. Flying colors. Okay, so. Thanks. The- <laughs> Sorry. Um, the story has two main time frames. <laughs> it does, Marcy. <laughs> I know you know this because you read it too. Mm-hmm. And it jumps between the present, 1921, and five years earlier in 1916. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to start with 1921 at Bombay, India. The protagonist, Praveen Mystery, is Bombay's first female lawyer, or mm-hmm. under the British legal system, a solicitor, and she works with her father, Jamshiji Ministry. Mystery. Is it mystery because it's a mystery? No, we're not going to do it. Okay. In, <laughs> in their family law firm. <laughs> the mystery family is part of the Zoroastrian Persian minority that lives in India, as we said. And the book starts off with Praveen working on some legal contract drafting when a mysterious mm-hmm. Bengali man is standing outside the law firm. So she walks out to go talk to him and he crosses the street away from her. And mm-hmm. Praveen follows him. She's like, do you know who Cyrus Sotawala is? And he doesn't answer and runs away. And me and Marcy are like, we also don't know who Cyrus Sotawala is. But I mean, I'm sure he'll come up later. And I literally was looking at I was like, we were on page nine and we already got motherfuckers just like posting right. up, wordlessly crossing the street, <laughs> being mad fucking weird. Um, Facts. And I'm just like, who? Suspect. So clearly just starting off with a bang. Right. Exactly. So Praveen is working on um, a case for a Muslim man named Omar Farid, and he's passed away, leaving his three widows, Razia, Sakina, and Mumtaz, who have been given different inheritances in his will. Mm -hmm. But they've all decided to donate to the WAVE. I'm sure you guys are all very glad I explained things earlier. But yes, it's a charitable donation to (laughs) an organization as part of Islam. So the appointed estate trustee is Faisal Mukri, and he gave Jamshiji, which is Praveen's father the signature pages for the three women both jamshiji and Perveen are a little suspicious because they're mm-hmm. like these signature pages aren't adding up and these women live in seclusion meaning they don't live outside their compound or mm-hmm. interact with men again that's not all muslim women that is some people who live that way and also to real quick i think some of them have been signed with like x's instead of like the widows writing their full names which yes i think it's yeah usually i think Perveen was like yeah like people who typically like can't read or write will you know typically will sign with an x so just kind of like you know they want to make sure that like they exactly knew what they were signing over and all of that yes exactly so Jump should you just like, okay, I can't talk to them because I'm a man and they live in seclusion. But Praveen's like, but I can because I'm a woman. So she plans to do exactly that. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> um, so yes. Yeah, so she's like, okay, I will do that in a few days. Subplot, true subplot. I don't really know if it's ever going to come up again. Me but neither. But it was like Praveen- <laughs> Yeah, it was cute. <laughs> I, was, I, I know qualms. But Praveen's British friend, Alice, is coming to visit. And she's mm-hmm. kind of like this dope queer communist fighting for women's rights, which is really dangerous in 1921. So I'm like, yeah, give it up to Alice because she's actually a real one. Yeah. Um, like truly is like not for the shit. But her yeah, parents and- are colonizers. So. Yeah. And they met in like law school, I want to say. Like they went to yeah. Oxford. Oxford, you know. Um, Casually. Oxford. So that is where they met. Sorry. Okay. Um, Harvard. Okay. Anyway. um, (laughs) So. Somewhere Malcolm Hansen is like, these annoying ass children. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere he is like, these kids are so. Got the nerve to put me on their show. Talk about (laughs) Huey Fairchild. And it's like, can y'all please stop doing this? But anyway. (laughs) Great book. I feel like it's that and Small Beauty. They're both. Both authors are like, why do they keep. These were not the most important aspects of a story that we <laughs> so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so she goes and meets um, <laughs> Alice and her colonialist parents. I don't know. And her Alice's father insists that she takes, you know, their very speedy, cool car home. I don't know anything about cars, but from what I understood, it was very expensive. And they mm-hmm. insist that she takes it home. So she takes it to go to Omar Farid's house where she meets the trustee, Mukri, who's very hostile and is asking all these questions. Mm-hmm. And like, I'll go Marcy and Praveen are sitting there with their pen and their paper. And they're like, mm, I think he's hiding something. <laughs> And I'm like Praveen's- looking around. I'm looking at Praveen and Aqua. I'm like, I know he ain't talking to us though, because this tone, no, ma'am. <laughs> what? Marcy has a detective hat and a monocle, and he's like suspect. Truly like, looking suspect. around the room, like, who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, it was wild, y'all. It was true, and he he has the audacity to insist that the money needs to be donated quickly, and the paperwork needs just to be put together because he's building a madrasa for boys. And he's building it soon. Next month, they're starting. And Praveen's like, well, hola, 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 hold on. Because nothing in the will or the papers mention a madrasa. So now we really, really need to check with these girls, especially since the Islamic law says you got to get your debts in order and pay those before you can make your donations to the waif. Exactly. Real quick, and the madrasa is, is the is the religious, you say religious or secular school? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. And, and again, you get a lot of social status for making one. I also, I don't know, Akko suspects a little bit of money laundering from this guy. But anyway, so... I mean, Mukri's given that, so... Right, <laughs> like, right. Um, so she's like, you need to get everything in order, and I need to talk to these girls. And Omar's like, I'm not Omar. Um, Mukri's like, fine. <laughs> Omar's not there. <laughs> Omar's not alive. <laughs> right. So Mukri's like, fine. Talk to them tomorrow. I'll be at this mill, which is like the factory that Omar had made mm-hmm. it, it's on land. So Praveen drives home. She's in, again, still in Alice's car. She gets out and everyone's like, oh, so what? Like, what? So you're loyal to the British or something? Like, just for context, the British Raj is about to go under in 25 years. So uh, people are, the independent sentiments are strong. Mm -hmm. Arguably, they always have been. But, you know, they're like, what? what's up? And she's like, honestly, guys, I just came in this car. I just, I'm just in the car. Right? Like, I actually don't want the smoke, y'all. I literally just trying to come home. Like, y'all really doing a lot. Y'all crying around right. my car, girl. It's not even my car. Like, it's my friends. Right, right. Oh. I tried not to. I was going to take a rickshaw. They wouldn't let me. And her brother comes out. He's been married for two years. I don't even know if it's relevant, but he says some stuff and nobody cares. So I dead ass was like, who was this? And it's like, oh, my brother. And I'm like, oh, Pervine does have a brother. That's a, that's a fact that I completely just forgot about. Just- Truly. Um, I might come up in part two, so I'm like, let's bring it up now and see. Yeah. Anyway, so the next day she goes and visits the three widows again. When she gets there, Sakina, the second wife, is dressed very lavishly, while the other two aren't, which makes Praveen suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and the three women insist that they have no secrets. They talk together, and everyone knows everyone's business, so they can all meet together. But Praveen is like, mm, for what I know, for the secrets I know. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to have to do this separately. Yeah. So first she talks to Sakina, which everyone's like, wait, isn't that Omar Farid's second wife? Why wouldn't she talk to the first wife first? But no one goes into it for the moment. So she <laughs> goes and talks to her. And Sakina's Mahir, which is basically, it's like a mixture of alimony and also like your what you get from a will. So it's mm-hmm. either if you get a divorce or what's left to you in the will. So in this case, it's what's left to her in the will. Mm-hmm. Um is like all these like beautiful jewels that are like super expensive and beautiful. And she's like, yeah, that's what I got. And I'm going to 
donate all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sakina also knows that Mukri is planning to build a madrasa with the money from the WAF. But Praveen explains that a WAF has a particular purpose, which is helping wounded soldiers from mm-hmm. World War One, which has happened, I guess, five years ago. At this Well, it ended two years ago at this point. And to change the purpose, you'd have to ask the judge and the person who's in charge of the WAF, who is not Mukri. It's actually Razia, the first wife. There's like this whole thing about I feel like I was reading this and I was like, interesting. We have this tradition in American common law, but I suspect that we got it from the British and I suspect that they got it from Islamic law when it has to do with charitable organizations. But I can't be sure about that, but Akko thinks this is true. Anyway, huh. Sakina is shook about the fact that Rosina is, is in charge of the WAF because she doesn't think, she didn't know that woman could be in charge of them. And she's mm-hmm. shook. And she's like, does that mean Omar loves her more? Like, is that what that means? And now she's second guessing giving her her inheritance to the WAF instead of keeping it in the family. Mm-hmm. Praveen, it's like, I mean, I'm not opposed to that behavior. You know, <laughs> take care of yourself. Yeah, like, honestly, like, I mean, because Mukri ain't looking out for, like, nobody here. Like, Mukri That's don't go really, yeah, Like, honestly, Praveen, why is Mukri even still here? Like, yes like he mm-hmm. should go like this is a mess like we were all talking in the hallway before going to me <laughs> the first wife and we we're like i just don't feel like mukri is like a reliable source and marcy's like i also agree and perfine's like all right let's let's get the second witness in here so all three of us go see Razia next <laughs> it's true and she of course oversees the walk and she works to help wounded veterans from world war one because she feels really devastated that the mills which is where mukri is not here because he's at the mills um mm-hmm made army clothes for boys and then they had to go fight in the war and they died and she's like that is heartbreaking to me and i want to help in any way possible mm-hmm. but the problem is the waf is losing money really quickly because razia is helping so much but also you get an endowment from that like the three women aren't getting that to support themselves and their families mm-hmm. um but here's the kicker razia has no idea that mukri is planning on building a madrasa because oh Praveen's like, yo, okay, but you're moving money quick. And she's like, I know. She's like, how are you ever going to support a madrasa being built in a month? And she's like, say what? (laughs) I have never heard of this. And Praveen's like, oh boy, I think I've been revealing all sorts of secrets. But she's like, okay, this confirms that Mukri has to go because he's doing a lot. And Razia's like, he's, yeah. But then Razia's like, he's scary. He's threatening us. He has control over our money. He has control over, you know, what money we can take out. He's the one who goes to the bank. And Praveen's Mm. like, oh my God, yeah, she has a ledger, but he could have been taking money from this charitable donor. He could have been taking these for years. Like, we, and not years because i guess it just happened but he could have yeah. already spent all the money we don't know true um praveen also reveals to razia that she actually has inherited the land under mm. the factories so she owns that and she could sell it and live comfortably and so now she's second guessing because she's like okay i didn't know about this madrasa i don't know if i should give up all my land to go into this walk like i don't i'm starting to get you know the same way Sakina's like, I don't know, I'm se- second-guessing things. She's like, I'm second-guessing yeah. things. You also start to realize that, like, Razia isn't actually as happy as she first appeared with the fact that Omar had a second and third wife. And yeah. she felt that she was given the walk to, like, kind of placate her and so that she wouldn't say anything, kind of mm. be distracted. Yeah. So there's some underlying tensions. So, anyway, Praveen leaves her to think about life. And as she's going... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like thinking of like Rosia just like looking up at the ceiling like into blank space and Praveen's like uh while you do that I'm just gonna I'm just, uh, just gonna go leave now over <laughs> so but you actually, good? okay <laughs> probably not but we'll talk about it later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
as she's leaving, her daughter Amina is going to show her to the third wife's Razia's daughter. Yes, Razia's daughter. Thank you. And as they're walking, Amina confides in Praveen that Mukri is really, really cruel and mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and she honestly wishes that he would die. And Praveen's like, oh, okay, all right. This is some, this is some serious That's stuff with a serious tits. situation. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, okay, you know, Marcy, Aka, let me scope out Muntaz and see what she has to say. And we'll come back and we'll reconvene. And we're like, okay, bet, 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 cool, 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 We're like, hey, we're just going to go outside to this like cafe and get some like mango lassi or something. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll be, we're, we're right outside if you need us. <laughs> um, so, oh my God. So she goes to talk to um, Muntaz. <laughs> what are Aka and Marcy even doing? In this like, like literally not helping. Like Perkins like, oh my God, they're so useless. Like, I'm doing all the work. Like not not even wear a mask like this is wild right. like it's just a mess like a mess um which is wild because the spanish influenza probably was a global phenomenon at this point but we're not going to get into that either and so <laughs> praveen then goes and talks to the last wife and she's like a, a little tired and sleepy but she's like no i need to talk to you i need to rectify something and we're all like mm-hmm. what rectify so she praveen at this point though is like okay all right let's just get to business because i i'm sure i have something to reveal to you do you know that your instruments are being donated and she's like no i thought it was just the money and oh my she's god like, no 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 mukri lied about everything everything um, mumtaz is also the youngest she has the least amount of like dowry money coming in from the mm-hmm. wolf and she she's been with omar the least amount of time before he died she mostly was there to take care of him while he was sick um, yeah, it was like nine months or something like i don't even i'm not even yeah, sure it, was a it wasn't year. even a year it wasn't yeah, yeah. So she admits that she's okay with giving the money away, although she has to admit because, but she just wants to be able to stay and live in their, their housing. And she's like, I'm really mm-hmm. bad with money. I spent, Proofy's like, are you bad with money or is Mukri stealing it? She's like, honestly, I have been using my money to like buy nice things. She's like, I was taking care of the sick man for so long. Now that I'm not doing that anymore, like I wanted to, you know, to make things like livable for me and yeah. I'm going to be here forever. And Proofy's like, that's justified, but we got to do something about this think about your life too because you want these instruments so you know do what everyone else is doing which is staring up into space and thinking about their choices right so basically like tldr sakina knew about the madrasa but didn't know that razia owned the walk and then yeah. razia like obviously she knew that she was running the walk because she's doing it but she didn't right. know about the madrasa <laughs> and then mumtaz basically didn't really know much of anything because she didn't even know that like both her money and her instruments were going to be going towards this so everyone knows it's like a like a weird puzzle pieces that people just don't know mm-hmm. but mukru knows all of this and knows what each person knows and doesn't know so yep. just kind of like pulling those yep. strings essentially exactly oh marcy oh, look at that sparkness in the middle of a sparkness <laughs> <laughs> But yes, Marcy is correct. And then she's even asking Muntaz, like, did you sign your own thing? And she was like, no, I signed it with an X because, like, my handwriting's bad and I let the other girls sign. So she's like, I don't even know if y'all even know what's going on. And she's like, right. look, have you considered, like, taking your money and then, like, going to live in, like, in a, in a really nice condo apartment? Like, they've got some really nice one out there. Mm-hmm. You know, you can start a music school. While she's mm-hmm. explaining to her that she has options and can live a good life, Mukri, out of nowhere, <laughs> is hiding in a corner in a ceiling in a wall. We don't even know. No you idea. Know, we were, 
And he's like, stop telling them lies. And we're like, oh, no. Akko and Marcy came back with their lossy, and they were like, oh, no. Like, and Parvi is like, so why you bitches were getting lessons? Like, y'all didn't think it was, it was a good chance to stop Mukri? Like, y'all really just gonna let this happen? Oh, I gotta do everything with y'all. Oh, my God. Uh. Parvi's like, did you even get me one? And we're like, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Ugh. We're like, some snacks. And she's like, I don't even like these. Oh, my God. <laughs> a mess. But, um, okay, Parvi's like, I need to handle Mukri right now. So she goes in there, and he's like, I told you to come here and you know get this done quickly now you're over here filling their head with lies about freedom he's like you think these people could just survive on your own and Praveen's like okay like half of them lived outside of this before so yes they actually could survive on their own and also Ooh. even if they couldn't you can't be the trustee because you're awful and he's like I'm gonna fire you see what happens when you get home and your father sees that you were helping people have freedom and rights and she's like oh my god you're being so extra and he's like you know what I'm gonna hit you and he's like about to do that and she flashes back uh, mm. to a time that we don't yet know about where she's in the bottling company um, that Cyrus Wallace owns and she feels the same level of danger. So she's basically having, she's being triggered. She's having mm. a PTSD moment as he is about to inflict violence on her, which is in and of itself bad, but also it's yeah. triggering her. Luckily, her driver comes in and is like, um no <laughs> yeah and Akko and Marcy were like yeah yeah we called him we called him we got him you finally did something thank god <laughs> um just so you guys know Marcy and Akko are not in this story so anyway <laughs> the driver <laughs> the driver starts taking <laughs> they're like really <laughs> anyone listening thought our asses were on pages like 103 talking about some mango lessies um anyway but um so they get in the car and the driver's really worried because he's like oh my god i should have protected you better i'm so sorry and she's realizing while she's driving she's like my legal briefcase my legal briefcase was all this information about the signatures who has what basically everything that could get mukri in trouble for his bad behavior is there if i don't go back and get it like he could destroy the document it's not like mm. now y'all it's not like you know it's saved in the cloud it's on that piece of that's the only piece of paper anybody that's it that's all so she's like we got to turn around (laughs) plus i didn't check on the woman i need to make sure that they know that mukri can't control them especially since we know he's dangerous and she's like i'm scared but we got to go back so you know the driver turns it around and they drive back and she sneaks it like she really does some sleuth she's like dun dun climbing over a wall like sneaking on the side like (laughs) going through documents and she's like i need to find this legal briefcase and she like is looking through one of the rooms and she kind of like um there's like an opening that she looks through. Mm-hmm. It's like not that obvious of an opening, but she sees it, looks through it and sees that. Oh, but by the way, while she's looking, the w- widows are all together in a different room. Like she hears them whispering and talking. Yeah. But when she like opens and looks through the opening, she sees that Mukri is dead. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Oh my god. Oh my god. And under his like body is her legal briefcase and you're like, "Oh, no. I'm is like she- I'm like I know there's a mystery here, but also I'm just worried about Praveen cuz I'm like, "Oh, my, they talked about fingerprint evidence." Oh, like, "Yeah, I know this is tampering with the, scene, the the crime scene, but you need to go get your legal briefcase and wipe that down and go." <laughs> exactly. Like I'm like, "Maybe could you some tongs like move the body a little bit and be like, okay, I'm just going right. to like grab like she like some some gloves like, "Okay, let me take my briefcase." Like, oh, like, oh, like your body's all over it, girl. Like you can't be bleeding on my documents, bitch. Right. Well, um, these documents but anyway yeah. so that's where 1921 leaves off and marcy will talk about five years earlier in 1916 exactly yes so so real quick um so like Akko mentioned at the very beginning there was like this weird guy standing outside the law firm and based on just how he was dressed like praveen knew that he was from calcutta and so when she mm. asked him like oh do you know like 
a guy named Cyrus Odawala, like, he didn't even say anything and ran away. And she was like, so that wasn't a no, but it also wasn't a yes. I don't mm. really know what to do with this information. And she was nervous because, you know, there's a guy named Cyrus. So we're going to talk about that whole arc. It, it, it'll help to contextualize a lot of what happened. So. Mm-hmm. So back in 1916, Purveen was not at Oxford, but instead was studying law in Bombay. And she was the pretty much the, no, she literally was the only mm-hmm. woman student like at the school and just faced like just a lot of bullshit. Like her peers were just like hating ass motherfuckers. Like they would like, like, yep. you know, like when she would pass in her uh, homework assignments, like they would like steal it and like throw it away and shit. Like they mm-hmm. would like, you know, spill things in her chair. Like just like we're really just con- like making her life as difficult as possible. Also, her yep. teachers weren't shit. Like it was just like basically men being not shit. And yeah. also just, like, this weird, I'm sure there was a lot of, like, just, like, assimilation to, like, whiteness and all those, like, other nonsense taking place. It was just a mess. Because they're at a British school. They're not at a madrasa. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. while her goal is to practice law with her dad, she's also like, okay, so if I could st- if I could actually just, like, pull a Zoom university and just do this from home, <laughs> that'd be great. Because I hate you motherfuckers so much. So, it's just, like, rough. Um, so, one day, she has a friend of me named Esther Vacha, who, like... I, I don't know. I find the dynamic kind of interesting. Yeah, just very much frenemies. And so she's like, you know, no, they don't com- explain why they're frenemies. They're just like, uh, hate Esther. <laughs> right. It's like, wait, but Esther who done? is Esther? Um, <laughs> so one day, I guess, like, Pervina, her friends, like, come across Esther, and there's like this, like, dramatic music plays in the background, and there's like, oh, ah! Esther, Pervine, and like this whole thing. And so, you know, this guy <laughs> named Cyrus is next to Esther, because uh, Cyrus and Esther are, are cousins. And Cyrus Sotawala is like this smooth talking, curly mm. hair, snatching edges, like, please roll my credit type of energy. Ah! Like, very much given <laughs> all of that. <laughs> like, just very, like a smooth talking, just like, oh, please roll my life kind of energy. Facts. You know, he's from Calcutta. He, like, you know, is, he's owning this, like, bottling business. And so, you know, they have like a brief little chat, cute little moment, mm. whatever, whatever. And mind you, at this moment, Purveen is 19 and Cyrus is 27. Oh, so, boy. So it's like a, like, it's like Cyrus is trying to, you know, like be flirtatious and shit. And Pervin's like, girl, I actually have an exam. So mm. actually, I, I ain't got time. And also, I'm not going to see Esther. I'm not going to have Esther seeing me look pressed. Like, I'm not, mm. about, I'm not about to be pressed in broad daylight in front of Esther. You got me fucked up. I so, you know, she's like kind of keeps a cue, kind of, you know, cool, aloof, whatever, whatever. She leaves to take her exam. And so she gets to her class late because in the previous class, like she had sat and like, like. Someone spilled some shit all over her sorry, and so she had to like clean it up with her friends. And this whole si- thing with Cyrus happened, so she was already late to class. And then she like forgot one of her pens because she was like rushing from place to place. And then like some ink spilled on her, and it was just like this. It was just like a mess. And then like mm-hmm. all the like like the men around her were just being shitty, including the teachers. And she was just like. You know, I should just tell them that, like, I need a pen for my test because, like, mm-hmm. I, you know, my teacher's making this whole thing about, like, oh, you're late. Like, I shouldn't even give you the exam. Like, I should ask for a pen, but, like, there's just so much going on right now and they're just going to use this all against me. And I, like, hate these motherfuckers and it's 1916. And, like, oh mm-hmm. my God, like, I just can't. And I'm so, only 19 years old and they're being so mean to her. Like, Sorry, just, I felt her so hard in this scene. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just like this whole intersection of, like, sexism and, mm-hmm. like, fuck boys in 1916. It's just all this, all this shit going on. So she's just, like, sitting there. It's just like, I can't even, like, she's like, I already, like, I know the answer to this test and I can't even take it because, like, I hate you motherfuckers. So. Mm-hmm. Basically, the so she just kind of sits there. The test, you know, eventually ends, and she tries to, like, I guess, ask her teacher if she could, like, you know, take it later or whatever, whatever. But like, her, the teacher's being really difficult and like accuses her of cheating. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, it's like, you know what? Fuck out of here! I'm done with this. I quit. 
And he was like, you can't quit. And she's like, I just did, motherfucker. Like, she was like, I am done with law school. So she's like, y'all, y'all be easy, except nah, because fuck all of y'all. So mm-hmm. she like storms out. And Parveen's like, so I just cussed out my teacher and dropped out of law school. <laughs> and my dad's going to be pissed. Um, they absolutely cannot know that I just dropped out of law school. So what am I going to do? And then Cyrus is weirdly outside the building. And she's like, hey, um, they like get to chatting. And they end up like, I don't know, going to like a bakery and like chilling. Mm. And Praveen's like, oh, girl, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just dropped out of law school. Like, this is wild. Like, what's my future going to look like? And Cyrus is like, yeah, you know, my future's unclear, too. Like, you know, like, my parents want me to get married, and they're trying to, like, arrange a marriage for me, but I don't really like any of the people that they're introducing me to. Like, I'm, I'm at a crossroads. And I'm like, Cyrus, your crossroads and Praveen's mm. crossroads don't. Mm. They don't really feel the same. Like, I, like, I know they're yeah. trying to, like, do a thing, but, like, they don't really feel the same. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but all of this is happening, and Parveen's like, you know what, Cyrus Loki, you know, cute curly hair, you know, like kind of like you know, like silver tongued energy. She's like, okay, I'm kind of feeling this bitch like on the low, but like and also he seemed a little like I don't know, even reading, I was like, okay, I feel like he is a little like contrarian, like he gave that. I, I don't know, maybe he was lying. He probably actually he was lying, but I don't know. Yeah. I also was kind of like. Oh, Okay, Cyrus might be a good guy. No, like me and Akko were like at the adjacent table, and I was like, okay, Cyrus, like Loki, kind of cute. Like I don't know, and like Parveen's like, okay, so you bitches are not only in 1921, but y'all are useless in 1916 too. <laughs> and Cyrus, like, who are they? And it was like this whole thing was so much. So basically, they kind of get to chatting, and essentially, like they kind of start like courting one another. Like they start hanging out, like blah blah blah. And basically, Parveen is just pretend. Like she's like, if I just pretend like I'm in law school, I mean, I'm basically in law school, and I'm like, Parveen, that I'm is dead. the most nineteen. Like you, like yep. This is going to crumble. Your dad is going mm-hmm. to find out that you're not in law school. You're like everyone's going to know. Like, do you really think you can? Who was that guy in the Black of the Berry that was supposed to be at Columbia that wasn't at Columbia? Oh, oh my God, what's his name? Braxton or whatever. Yes, Braxton. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, if I just keep lying, no one will find out. And I'm like, also, False. still the Columbia University. He probably had a scholarship too. Oh, a waste. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Still mad about it? Two books later. Three books later? Right. I think three books later. Anyway, <laughs> so, so basically, Parveen's pulling that same energy. I guess she also read Black of the Berry. And right. So they start hanging out, whatever, whatever. One day, they, like, you know, make out on these rocks, and, like, Cyrus goes into this whole backstory about, like, you know, he's talking about his family, and he talks about how he actually had a younger sister who died um, a couple years ago from cholera, and, like, mm-hmm. you know, that was kind of why, you know, his marriage arrangements were delayed because like everyone was mourning her and everything so like they're just like really bonding really getting to know each other mind you at the time it's not necessarily customary for like Parveen a woman and Cyrus a man hanging out in public without a chaperone just like chilling like that's not necessarily customary and so she has to be a little bit cautious with that because like motherfuckers will talk Mm -hmm. um and they do, but basically, um, yeah, so they, like, you know, really hang out with one another, and then essentially they're like, you know what, we should get married, we love each other, this is great. And I'm I a little... Like Cyrus was doing a lot, sorry. Oh, yeah, Cyrus is definitely like, oh, we should get married, but Pervian was also like, yeah, like, this sounds, like, great, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, down. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, Cyrus laying it all kind of thick, though, I mean, it's, like, a lot going on, like, but, mm. okay, girl. Um, also, I just feel like there's a power... <laughs> I'm not saying that she's of legal age, so I'm not gonna be like, oh, she is. She doesn't have any agency. She does, but I just feel like Cyrus knows so much more. Oh um, no, definitely, absolutely. Twenty-seven and nineteen—that's like worlds apart. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a huge difference in like terms of like where you are in your life, especially given like the opportunities that Cyrus just really has, you know, mm-hmm. access to versus Perveen. You know what I mean? It's, it's it's a lot as far as the power imbalance is concerned, and also yeah. what marriage represents for her professionally versus for him is a mm-hmm. lot going on. So 
I'm absolutely with you. Cyrus is definitely kind of leading the charge on this. But Praveen at that moment in time was like, you know what? Like I'm down. Like yeah. he's really, really great. Whatever, whatever. So ah, this all happens. You said right? that so beautifully. You're like, there's a power imbalance here, but it's not that Praveen doesn't have any agency. Sorry, continue. Yeah, thanks. But um, but yeah. So all this happens, and so then of course Praveen's parents find out that she. <laughs> <laughs> dropped out of law school and are pissed. They're like, girl, I know you did not just pretend you were in law school for three weeks. She was like, I mean, I did, but like, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. And then mind you, she's like low-key kind of worried because she hasn't heard about, she hasn't heard from Cyrus in a while. She's like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Because, oh, that was the other thing. He was visiting from Calcutta. So he was going to go back. And so she was like, oh my right. God, did he just like, just hang out with me for a little bit and like go back to Calcutta? Like, what's going to happen? Oh my God, I'm so nervous. Um, But right. then his parents like, him and his parents come back. They, like, visit where the law firm is. But, like, her dad isn't there at the time. But her grandfather is. And basically, like, he's like, oh, I want to get married to Praveen. And, like, the grandfather's not really impressed. But he's like, ugh, fine, I guess. So this leads to this whole conversation where, like, you know, Praveen's talking to her family, her mom, dad, brother, everybody. everybody. And, like, <laughs> I want to get married to Cyrus. And they're like, who is Cyrus? And she's like, that's irrelevant. And they're like, it's actually not. And she's like, I love him. And they're like, who are we talking about? <laughs> and she was like, okay, look, they, like, they all want to meet tomorrow let's just like all meet them have a little conversation key key get to know them and we can like have me get married and they were like we don't love this plan but like that's fine whatever sure so the next day they go to the taj mahal hotel super casually so it's like mm-hmm. Pervin, her mama her dad and then cyrus and his parents you know they're basically just like you know having a little lunch moment get together whatever and mind you like Praveen's dad's not really with the shits but like mm-hmm. you know they essentially are kind of going back and forth and like you know they're getting to know each other a little bit it's still a little tense like Ooh. also Praveen is basically carrying the conversation like she's literally mm. like doing all the charming like she's like really like doing the thing Cyrus is just kind of like <laughs> eating and not really doing like I'm just like he's like oh like I just like, I'm just gonna look longingly at Praveen and I'm like you could also carry some of the labor of this conversation but okay Cyrus that's fine um and so essentially where they land is that they're like, okay, I guess y'all can get engaged. Oh, okay. So Cyrus's parents were all on board. Praveen's parents weren't, but they were mm-hmm. like, okay, if y'all have like an extended engagement, that's like fine. Like y'all can get engaged, but just like don't get married like immediately. Also too, if y'all get married in the future, Cyrus and them were like, oh, like the marriage has to be in Calcutta because it can't be in Bombay because we work in Calcutta. And they're like, but bitch, we work in Bombay. Like, what are you talking right, about? Right. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, also pointing out like, Dumb she's like, okay, but also we're paying for this wedding and we're leaving losing our daughter for like ever. So can right. we have it in Bombay? And they're like, oh, sorry, we are just bottling like wild up in Calcutta. Right. And we There's just, just need to so be many bottles. Uh, so anyway, so basically, so fast forward. They do end up actually getting married in Calcutta. You know, Praveen's parents are able to come and everything, but you know, her family wasn't really as represented, just given the the distance and everything. Right. Um so then afterwards, you know, Praveen basically moves in with Cyrus and his family. And then, I don't know, there was this whole scene where, like, that first night, like, they had sex. And, like, Praveen was like, Cyrus just, oh, my God. Like, he Turned just. Out. I mean, they had some. They what, what, what was the language? Like, they exchanged marital congress. And apparently oh my that God. bitch the was marital congress. congressional that a motherfucker, <laughs> like, knew exactly what he was doing. Like, he had read the bills. Like, he, like, he had experience, was reelected. Apparently, yeah, that congress I'm was so on a popping. And Parveen's like, oh my God, Cyrus, like, whoo, boot out. And I'm like, yeah. I, I bet. No one was mad at that part. Yeah, like, no one was really mad at that part. But um, we'll put a pin in that because that'll actually, Ooh. funny enough, come up hmm. later. So, yes. So after this, Parveen basically, so Cyrus, you know, is like working at the bottling company. And Parveen, while she was in law, she was kind of like, okay, like, 
even if I move to Calcutta, like I could still go to school. Right. Instead, maybe I'll study like, you know, Bengali literature and like language rather than like law. Cause like, you know, law is just so like whatever, whatever. Um, but in the interim, she's like, okay, let me just like help Cyrus's mom, like work with her. And like, we can kind of like, you know, basically work together to like, you know, maintain the household and all of that. And so she's just spending a lot of time with Cyrus's mom who is like kind of awful. Yeah. Um, and also Praveen growing up, she didn't really necessarily like, learn how to cook or do a lot of these sort of like, you know, more domestic duties. And so like Cyrus's mom, uh, Banush, I think her name is, was basically mm-hmm. just like, oh, like, girl, you don't know how to cook. You don't know how to do anything. Like, why are you useless? And Praveen's like, um, it, it's like, I don't know. Like, it's just, I can it's speak like, three that's languages. My fault. Right. Like, she's like, I'm just, I'm literally just trying my best. And mind you, during all of this, Praveen's on her period, which is usually not a detail that I would include, but it's just something that will come up later. So I just felt the need mm-hmm. to include that as well. Um, so she's making all of this more annoying. It's like, okay, I'm yes. on my period and you're doing a lot. Girl, this is a lot. like, we can only have two going on at once. Like, please stop mm-hmm. doing all this. Please. So all this is happening. So Praveen's like, okay, you know what? Let me take a break. I'm going to go to Bethune College for a second and just kind of like get a feel, like see you know, what options are available. See if they have Bengali literature and, um, and, and language and like, you know, just kind of see like what the college opportunities look like. So she goes by herself, which is kind of a, a little bit taboo, but she's like, whatever, fuck it, y'all got, what, girl, whatever. Yeah. And also she's like, Praveen is even at this point, like a very good detective. She's like, Cyrus says he was going to take me, but I don't know. And I'm just going to go because I think he's kind of not going to do it. Basically. So she goes, she ends up talking to a couple people, one of whom was actually a social worker slash poet that her mom was really, really into yeah. like, as like an academic. And Praveen's like, oh my God, like this is amazing. Like my mom like loves you. And like the social worker's like, oh my God, stop, please. And was like taking autographs, <laughs> like dodging paparazzi. She's like, oh my God, stop y'all. Like y'all doing a lot. Um, and so like Praveen's like, oh my God, I really want to go to this college. Like what do I have to do to get in? And then uh, the person was like, oh, Oh, well, like, I mean, essentially you would just do an application and then also for your application, your husband and likely uh, your father-in-law in, as well would have to sign it and also would have to participate in the interview process. And Praveen's like, but why? it's my app. Why would they have to be involved if it's my, is it, also, isn't that kind of, and then she's like, yeah, like it, she's like, yeah, it's, it's sexist, but, uh. That's just what the protocol is. And they kind of just exchange this glance of like, are you fucking serious? Like, we, I cannot believe that this is a mm. thing, but... Okay, so... Also, what's more infuriating is Praveen's parents gave her a separate bank account for her to go to school and do whatever she wanted, like, just so she would mm-hmm. have it and be protected. And she's like, I don't even need them to pay for... Like, it's my money. And she's like, I know you said that you're an autonomous person with your own choices and lives and even have been facilitated by your family to live your own life, but society says no. And everyone, yeah. Akko and Marcy, again, came back to be like, ugh, society's so <laughs> like, What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the social worker's like, who are they? And then Praveen's like, oh, girl, it's a long story. Um, so, so basically yeah so like so all of that right like there's like literally no reason why Praveen shouldn't be able to go to school but like again these just these like weird barriers so she ends up going back home Banoush um her mother-in-law is talking mad shit when she walks in like she like mm-hmm. has like a guess that she's like girl I can't believe Praveen had the audacity to just get up and fucking leave with nobody like girl how do you like just going out by yourself to put them in college like girl what and then Praveen's like hey and then Banoush is like oh. and like she like got really <laughs> defensive it's like okay you clearly just got caught talking shit like it's a mess um so Praveen's like, you know what, I'm just going to go to my room for a little bit and just like chill, whatever, whatever. While she's on her way to her, her room, there's um there's like there's a young girl that works in the house. Her name is Jita, who basically goes up to Praveen and she's like, hey, I know you want to go to your room, but like you can't. And Praveen's like, fuck Why? you mean, 
I can't. And she's mm. like, yeah, um, so you're on your period, which means you can't stay in your bedroom. Like, you have to stay somewhere else. And Praveen's like, what? And so basically, Jita takes her outside. She There's, like, this, like, separate... I don't even know if it's, like, a separate shack or if it's just, like, a... No, I think it's, like, a room in the house. Yeah. It's basically, like, across the courtyard. She, like, opens the door, and it's, like, this is essentially... It's basically a dungeon, y'all. Like, I'm not even trying to be mm-hmm. funny. Like, it's literally just, like, everything's metallic. Like, it's just, like, this really, like, just dirty, like, just, yeah. like, st- enclosed, dark-ass space. And Jita's, like, yeah. It doesn't smell good. There's no yeah. shower. There's no water. Yeah. And basically, it's, like, hot. And um, Jita's, like, yeah, so you're on your period. So, like, in this house, we practice... I forget what the word exactly was, but essentially, it's, like, we practice, like, seclusion. So, like, for the entire length of your cycle plus a day, you have to stay here and not in the house because, like, you might spread disease and, like... Which evil all this is and like true, but Praveen's like, are you? You got to be fucking kidding me! And she's mm-hmm. just like, you know, I really wish I was, but um, Banuch herself did this until menopause, and also like, like Cyrus's late sister did this as well. And it's just what like, we do. Even in this house. when she had cholera, even when it? she had cholera. So, and I'm like, and we all were like, truly. Okay, um, so Praveen's naturally pissed and is like, I don't really have a choice, I guess. So she, like, goes in and, not, needless to say, hates it. She's like, why is this even a thing? Because, like, yeah. I mean, this is something that Praveen, I think she was aware of this practice, but, like, I mean, she never did this growing up or anything like that. She right. was like, you know, I never had to observe. Like, there were certain things that she couldn't necessarily do while she was on her period, but it was never something so like egregious as having to say you know like like this Being idea of having to be yeah. completely excluded and just like you know all of that so and i think you find out in a letter that her parents like her mom had to do it until her dad was like yeah we're moving out we're not doing this and so i think her parents specifically were like no we're not doing this like yeah she never had to do this before though her grandfather was with the shits at first yeah. and so Praveen's looking at her grandfather kind of wild mind you mm-hmm. all so this is like just becomes a thing right and so like this is something that just starts happening, you know, kind of moving forward a little bit. Cyrus also, is goddamn just, useless. Like, uh, Sorry, I just want to add, like, some context. Mm-hmm. Your period can last anywhere from five... The average is five to seven, but some people's periods last ten days. So, so... <laughs> being so... Yeah. I was pissed. Being secluded in a terrible room that you can't leave with no water that smells bad for ten days out yeah. of the 28 days of a month. Yeah. Y'all. I was like, leave him, leave him, leave him. Leave yeah, him. Like, li- literally, it's just, it's so, yeah. It's just, it's it's just like, I've packed the bags. I'm, I, we're, I'm just waiting, flipping through a magazine until we go because I, <laughs> pretty I've left much. Cyrus. And it, it is, it is so bad because even when Praveen's not in the room, she's like always, like, she's always having nightmares of being in the room. She's always thinking about it. It's just like this impending thing that happens mm-hmm. every month. And Cyrus is goddamn useless. Like, he's just like, oh, well, like, if you get pregnant, you don't have to stay there anymore. And it's like, do you, ah. So I just want to go back to earlier when I was like, Cyrus just smooth talking, cute as fuck, girl. I'm kind of feel fuck Cyrus. Like, right, fuck right. Cyrus Jesus. Anyway. We hate him. So soon after this, Banoosh takes Parveen to a gynecologist because I, I think mainly just because like she hasn't gotten pregnant yet. She's like, why are you not pregnant? So she's at the gynecologist's office and the gynecologist basically is like, yeah, so um, you have gonorrhea. And, um, you know, that can definitely cause complications in your life. And, like, basically, like, he's like, yeah, like, we should probably, like, get your husband tested so y'all can, like, start, you know, some medication or something like that. STIs, a fact of life. But the issue here is mainly, like, 
Parveen didn't give gonorrhea to herself. So it's like, you only been sleeping with one person. What exactly is happening here? So mm. essentially, and, and presumably if Cyrus didn't have gonorrhea before, but has it now. Right. What's going on? So... And he tries to play it slick. He's like, well, you know, it can be I before I met you when I was 16. But but like everyone's like, I don't I think. And he's like, you can be asymptomatic for a long time. We're like, yeah, that could be an answer. But Aka and Marcy like drinking their lassie again. And he's like, how do you, why do you guys keep drinking lassie? Have y'all been drinking that for the past five years? He's like, <laughs> like yes. <laughs> like, girl, there's a store down the street. She's like, you still didn't get me any. Anyway, that's what the point is. <laughs> everyone's like <laughs> suspect because we're like, this is not. We think you're cheating, <laughs> but anyway. Basically. So, Parveen, me, Akko, Hazel, mm. everybody involved in questions. <laughs> and so, so basically, like, so she confronts him. She's like, hey, Cyrus, what the fuck? Cyrus does basically all the things Akko just mentioned and also just, like, gaslights her and gets really offended and, like, blah, 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 blah. And so Parveen's just kind of, like, just really not having a great time. She's like, you know, she and Cyrus are kind of on the rock. She also, too, yeah. kind of, like, catches on that, like, her family might be funding a second bottling factory for the yeah. Sotawalos. And she's like, wait, so like, is that a thing? Like, did y'all literally only marry me for the money? Like what is going on? And like, no one is like, no, no one's really confirming or denying. Like they're like, I mean, we didn't not, 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 not <laughs> marry you for the money. And she's like, okay. So things kind of come to a head where Heard basically, you. you know, she's, Parveen's going through a lot. So she's like, you know what? Like, Cyrus, I think, is lying to me about the whole gonorrhea thing. I think y'all might be just be using me for the money. Like, no one's really being clear. So I'm gonna just roll up. Like, she literally just pulls up to Cyrus's yep. workplace. And she's like, I have fucking questions. I need some answers. And bitch, I know you got them. So what's up? So she rolls in and... Whew. Y'all, not... Okay. So she walks into the room and sees Cyrus drunk as shit with mm. some friends of his, also drunk as fuck, with a sex worker who is about i think she's like 16 years old yeah and Parveen is like not only are y'all y'all sleeping with a 16 year old when he opened the door he was like oh thank goodness you're here obviously waiting for someone who was not to Praveen right. to show so, up at the door so it's like i know y'all weren't just like waiting for postmates like i know y'all probably waiting for somebody else so it's like right. not only do you you knowingly have gonorrhea and are spreading it you're also sleeping with this underage girl like there's mm-hmm. so it is layers upon layers upon, like, literally, Parveen is like, what the... lying and gaslighting Like, cheating, li- what the actual fuck? And so, Parveen just pops off. Like, she's like, you got me fucked up, da-da-da-da. She starts talking to the girl. She's like, look, this man has gonorrhea, da-da-da-da. Goes off. Also, the doctor specifically told them to be so. Like, they're like, you oh, need yes. to take this medicine, and you... So, it's not like he does not know. He, he knows. Um, oh, yes. And has just decided to not give a shit. And so... Basically, Cyrus gets really irritated and ends up hitting Parveen. And then we'll mm-hmm. skip kind of all the details there. But basically, it's a really bad situation. Parveen's like, okay, I need to get out of this. And so... Which is, this is what she flashed back to in 1921. Yes. For context. Basically, Sorry. yeah. So that moment with Mukri, that was essentially what she was recalling in, in this moment. And so she ends up escaping. She gets out of there. She, like, heads back to, you know, where they live. Packs her shit and basically just gets the fuck out. She's like, mm-hmm. Cyrus might be on my tail. I'm literally going to get my shit and get the fuck out. Banoosh and, you know, Cyrus's dad are, like, going off. Like, it's a it's a whole mess. But she manages to get her things. She and... literally walks in. They're yelling. She's, like, walks past them. They're like, blah, 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 blah. Why were you out by yourself? Blah, blah. She's, like, packs, packs, packs. Leaves their stuff. She's like, I don't even want your things. But exactly. 
exactly. <laughs> they're still yelling as she comes downstairs. Also, like, opens the door to the car. Marcy's in the front seat. Hands her a lossy. Like, like just <laughs> Finally, hands her snacks. We're like, look, we got to get you the fuck out. Because this is a dangerous situation. So she's like, yeah, so I'm heading back to Bombay. I'm going to go back to my family. And um, and so now, yeah, so yeah, so we can see in the future now, based on what we've seen, that, you know, she did move back. You know, she did go to Oxford and everything. So things mm-hmm. did uh, ostensibly look up. But it's like, a lot of shit happens. And also, too, it begs the question, like, okay, was that Cyrus that, you know, like the person mm-hmm. earlier, was does, was he related to Cyrus? Is Cyrus back? What exactly is going on? So that's essentially what happens in part that one, which true. I think is up to chapter oof, 17. 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So if you're reading along, that's where we stopped. So yes. Okay. So let us take a break and then we get back. We'll get into all our thoughts and feelings. Yay. back well yes so essentially yeah like so that plot summary y'all it's basically two stories going on in this book at the same time well not at the same time they don't they literally don't have it at the same time but (laughs) yeah so as far as thoughts are concerned i really like this book i really enjoy Perveen's character i just find Mm -hmm. it i don't know just like from Especially in the 1921 section, but even just like this, just throughout, I just, I, 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 she's just such a like calm, collected, and just I like agree. smart, relatable protagonist. I just, I really, really like the way that she's characterized. She's someone that like has her shit together, but also has a lot to learn. She's just mm-hmm. very like, she's just written well. Like, I just really like the I way agree. she's written. Like, I find that pacing and everything is really interesting like there's enough little like tidbits here and there to kind of like get you as a reader mm-hmm. like really interested in like what's going to happen next i'm kind of i'm curious to see how these stories are going to come together Ooh. um like a fifth season moment like i'm like what's gonna like i'm like because so i'm like y'all did not provide all that context on cyrus for him to not ever show up again so i'm curious mm. how that's going to be handled and like what's going to take place there admittedly extremely nervous because that shit that Perveen went through was like really horrendous yeah. um so yes i'm very very curious to see what's going to happen there but i'm optimistic that you know hopefully you know she's able to handle i guess whatever is coming down the pike as far as like this whole mookery situation but also with, with with cyrus and everything one thing i really like about the book too is that i like that like things aren't like explained like i find that for mm. example like from like garments people wear to like the food that people eat and like just like the cultural and religious practices that you know folks engage in like there's no sort of like oh like they're eating this which means this or they're, they're eating or they're doing this which like da, 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 right. da. like there, there's not an over explanation of what's taking place like it's truly centered in Praveen's community and like what's going on at the times and like it's it's mm-hmm. just like it, like you if you are not familiar with this cultural context you just have to kind of like get it together and look it up I don't know like just, you know, right. just like Wikipedia then exactly so. like I like that there's a decentering of like a, you know, of like a white audience, right? Like it's I just agree. like there's not like it's not written for the purview or for the comfort of like whiteness or like what whiteness instructs us is like, a, you know, what is like a default or normative mm-hmm. culture that doesn't have to be explained versus another one that does have to, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, like I'm just, I don't know, like I just, I just like this book. I know that sounds simple, but yeah, I just, I just like it. Like I like Praveen. I like what's going on. I think Alice is really interesting. I'm just curious to see what's going to happen with her. Mm-hmm. Um it's heavy. It's a lot of shit going on, but yeah, it's really, really interesting. Very, very, very captivating. What did you think, Akio? Yeah, I second that. I really, really like this book as well. Mostly for all the reasons you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Praveen's character, I love that 19-year-old Praveen feels like a 19-year-old 
23 mm, yeah. year old Praveen feels like a 23 year old the mis- the choices she makes and the consequences are understandable even when they lead to bad consequences like mm-hmm. b- and she's not a perfect character but she's not like it's not like she's just like I don't know like people like sometimes people are like I need to make an imperfect character they like make her egregiously imperfect and you're like okay yeah. this is also seems unrealistic but she's just mm. a person who makes choices and the choice you know you're like every time you turn the page you're like Praveen you know Akka was sitting there like Praveen should you marry Cyrus like I don't know about Cyrus either but you're like yeah. at 19 I could see why you would marry Cyrus you know oh and definitely like, yeah hell at 23 honestly he was very convincing with his curly hair she uh, um, smooth talking but then you know he sucks so yeah he's awful but he's so awful. So, but yeah, but everything, I like that. I I agree. I like her intrigue. I like her interest. I like the story writer used the cultural context and the time to make a believable mystery based on the time period. Mm. I like that the characters, first of all, this is how you write women having a conversation about women issues without minimizing them, right? There are different women with different cultural contexts, different sociopolitical Mm -hmm. classes, different motivations and different things that they want and things Mm -hmm. that they know strengths and weaknesses interacting to make a story with conflict no one's perfect but people aren't like you know what i mean like it was just so good (laughs) right (laughs) it was just a good story a good mystery novel and you can't always you don't always know what's coming across the bend i i I did not think mukri was gonna get got that quickly i was like me neither oh my god (laughs) Um, and so then you realize, oh, this story is really going to focus on these three women and Praveen in this mystery story here. And I'm just really excited about that to like figure out. We don't know who did it. <laughs> we don't know. Right. Part of me is like, do we need to find out? Mukri's kind of off, you know, but um, don't murder people. Sorry. I feel like sometimes <laughs> I say things in the podcast is like, wait, what are you advocating for? Not murder. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um <gasps> And so there's like that mystery happening. Now there's a Cyrus part. I, I, it was so interesting because they didn't make that her whole character. In fact, in the 1921 version, you don't know anything about Cyrus. So basically, Praveen yeah. is a divorced woman in 19, a divorced brown woman in 1921. First female solicitor in Bombay who studied it. Like her character is so yeah. cool and revolutionary. But for her, she's just like, yeah, that's just my life. You know what I mean? She yeah. doesn't. It's not. Like, she's just like this is. It's just so normal to her even when people around her don't think it's normal and i just really love that i love her parents i think they're they Mm. love their daughter and it shows that like you know people's parents even in the past were like yeah i want my kid to have a good life like you know what i mean like yeah people have always been supportive even in the face good parents have existed even in the face of bad social systems for Mm. a long time i really like them i like the fact that her father like it's not like he doesn't seem he doesn't seem to overly bring up or ever bring up the Cyrus person, nor does he think she's like tarnished or her reputation. You know what I mean? Like he just right. doesn't seem pressed. Like he's like, I, yes, this is, you know, like her, his mm-hmm. critiques are like, oh, you know, you should have read that draft more carefully. You know what I mean? And he like, right. isn't like, he just believes in her intellect. And it's really, really cool. I'm actually realizing though, mm-hmm. her mother isn't in 1921. And I was like, no, she is. Oh, Okay, Akko didn't recall. <laughs> <laughs> there is no, there is no. Sorry, I mean, like, she is, but no, like she. Um, I remember when they actually wait. Hold up. Oh, let me not be lying. Not me lying. No, I think no, because I think after when she came back, um, in the car and people rolled up and they were like, "You love the British." And she's like, "Y'all get the fuck out my face." I feel like mm-hmm. in the dinner scene afterwards, I think her mom came up. I remember her name coming up. 
Oh, okay. I thought her sister-in-law was there, who had just married her brother two years ago. But I was like, she was also there. But I, th- I'm pretty sure the uh, mom was there too. It was okay. brief, though. It was like, like she otherwise doesn't really come up like that. We got it. All right, sorry, y'all. The, the mother's fine. Mother's not. Got <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I just really, I really liked it. I, I was sitting there, um, and I was like, I will read more of these books. I, I've, I really find it fascinating, interesting. Mm-hmm. I think having the like historical context that i knew i I was really into it i was like oh wow this is bringing this in and this is bringing this in Mm. i I found it very exciting i'm I'm not south asian by the way i just i know things because i took a class and i learned things and i read a book (laughs) um which everyone can do look at that guys anyway um so (laughs) yeah but i just i really liked it um i liked the complex story i like that things didn't go the way you expected. I'm sad mm-hmm. that it went a dark way, obviously. Yeah. I, and I agree. I do want to see where Alice comes in to the story um, and her time in Oxford, right? Like, I want to mm-hmm. see how all of this plays out. And yeah, definitely. Definitely. And yeah. And honestly, I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned everything about her parents. Cause that's something that I really liked too. Like I, I like it just, yeah. Like the relationship between Parveen and her dad, Jum Shetty. I just, I find so, like you said, like he just like he treats her like an equal, and like it's just, which like, why is that revolutionary? Like, what? Like, why am I sitting here? Like, wow, like they have a really healthy dynamic, and like he just he he's like you. Oh, you're tr- like we are on the same playing field here. Like I might have mm. more years of experience than you, like in in this field and everything, but like we are still equals in this. Like I just find that so like I just found it so refreshing, and also too I like that like. You know, in a book where, you know, you have Mukri who ain't shit, Cyrus mm-hmm. who ain't shit, like having... Even their... Alice's parents, well, I guess her mom is really the one who's being kind of terrible, but anyway. Yeah, just like, it's it's nice to also have like, I, I was going to say men, but really it's just like a oh, man. Poor. I guess you could say like, there's like, there's like a bakery called Yasdani and like the guy oh, who yeah. owns it, like he's kind of nice too. So I'll say men, plural. Um, <laughs> he's like a side character at best. Um, <laughs> but it's nice to have like, you know, healthy models of like, of just men in the book right. too. And like, and like, you know how ways in which like that relationship can look and like, it's not always like men. And this isn't like a weird, like not all men moment, but it's just like, I think it's also, it's, it's really, I feel like the best way to kind of elicit social change or like, at least to kind of start these conversations is to kind of model things. And so it's nice mm-hmm. to see a model of like healthy communication between a father and his daughter. And like, you know, just like a true, like equitable exchange. I feel like it's, right. it's just really helpful for anyone. And so, and also like, First of all, like to show it exactly in relation to these men's bad behavior is to be like, no, you, you know, people are like, men, just act like this. And you're like, well, mm-hmm. this person is clearly from the same time period and age right. and is not acting that way. So it's antithetical yeah. to your belief that everyone has to do it this way. Exactly. And yeah, you're right. The best way to show that something doesn't have to be is, is literally doing it a different way. So the fact that her father just, and it seems like he cares about his wife. There are like points where he's like, okay, wife, what do you think about this situation? Because right. I'm not feeling it. And she's like, uh, okay, I'm not feeling it, but I'm fine. And the fact that he like literally moved his wife out, which Cyrus did not do um, right. when he was like, yeah, this condition is not working for us. You know, they're just these subtle hints of like healthy, a, a man who's, you know, navigating the social structure, but having healthy relationships with his daughter and wife mm. and trying to have the best life for them, which I think is really dope and beautiful yeah 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 i agree yeah so definitely happy to see that and represent it in the book i am kind of gagged at the whole mukri thing though like i'm like i really thought you were gonna be the final boss like i'm Mm -hmm. really like there was was all this hype all this build up and he just died and i was like oh like 
Right. But a part of me feels like, I don't think, I don't know. I feel like Praveen's going to be like, oh, like, clearly someone here, like one of the, you know, three wives did it or something. But like, I don't know. I feel like either it's, it's not one of them, but like was Amina or somebody or like someone else completely different did it. I like, feel like this is kind of a prediction. Oh yeah, that is kind of a prediction. I didn't mean to like jump into predictions, but like because like <laughs> no, we can. But, um, but yeah, that was just something that I was kind of thinking about. So I also like I am in a like a who did it moment, but I'm also like yeah, but I don't want any of these people to get in trouble. Um, Same, yeah. So I'm kind of like I think I do think Praveen's gonna figure it out, or I I really think the three women are are going to I think they their unity is going to be antithetical to what people thought and it is going to keep them safe. Um, like mm. they know you know but in the same way like now that they they were protecting each other the only problem was they didn't have the same information and mukri was using that against them but now that they all have information maybe they can they can actually like talk it out and figure out okay all right all right all right like omar is gone what are we what are we gonna do like the between the three of us you know and i feel like praveen is kind of our you know how you always have a character who's um your like vehicle into the situation Praveen's like mm. the, the reader's vehicle into this conversation that's Got happening you. I think but while, while still kind of being a detective you know like to like figure it out but I think in the end she's gonna be like yeah I'm not about to, I'm not a snitch like <laughs> I'm not about to tell <laughs> like, y'all's business no that's right and also too I mean frankly um but also guys please do snitch for murder this is a story that's not real sorry yeah continue. like I I don't know. From Praveen's point of view, like, I'm not sure if they're going to see... Because up to this point, like, no one saw her come in. No one knows that she's even back inside. Mm. So I'm like, I don't know how you can see some shit like that. And, like, the other people who were there see you that... that See that you're there and, like, you leave the premises. Like, I don't think they're going to threaten her. But I do think it's one of those things where it's like, girl, now that you know the tea, like, you cannot leave. Like, Yeah, I think If you leave, like, our shit is rocked. So we got to figure this out before anyone exits the premises. Like, I feel like it's going right. to be kind of like a, okay, I guess we're going to, this is going to be the new setting, I guess. <laughs> Cause like, right. Uh. <laughs> but then I'm like, how's the Cyrus part? And Alice going to come into play if they're just in this room. True. You know what I true, mean? true, like, true. Yeah. That makes sense. So I'm wondering, I, I, I'm interested to see how I, this book, I like this book because it's not, this isn't like a deep literature, but it's really re- like, it's very page turnery. Like you're like mm. turnery. Okay. It's a page turner. You're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. But, um, like you're reading it and you're really interested to see what's next. And then you're also stressed at points and like, excited. like, um, mm. like, yeah, there were parts I was doing the audiobook version, which I recommend, by the way, if you are, you know, you got to commute. I know we're in pandemic. We were taking a walk outside or you, mm. you're cleaning your house and you don't have time to like actually physically read a book like try listening to books it's great but like there are points where i was like sweeping my floor and i was like stopped in the middle and i was like but what is gonna happen <laughs> that is so you know what's so funny about that i have literally never listened to an audiobook oh, and i I, can, mm. I just find it so like every I, I feel like this is the universe being like hey hey you want to do that thing yet want to do it hey still here <laughs> like because everyone is talking about audiobooks and i'm like I need to at least try. I don't know. It's just like this. I don't know. There's some weird thing in my mind that I'm like, oh, if I read a book, I have to like physically sit down and read it. But I listen to podcasts, you know, right. so it's like there's no like the the activation energy for an audiobook versus a podcast. It's literally the same. <laughs> like, <you> just, <laughs> just open it up and listen to it. So, well, I think. I, no, continue. No, I was gonna say, yeah. And I feel like especially with like a mystery, like I'm sure the narration and everything is like done in a way that's really interesting, you know, like kind of gets you like hyped to see what's going to happen next. So. I don't know. 
might check it out. Yeah, I well, I was I was gonna say the reason I start with audiobooks is because I also have to work, so doing this podcast, which I love, is super fun. But also I'm like, oh, I have to work, and I'm like put on in background while working, and I'm like, this is super awesome. I'm listening to things and learning new things, but also it's a narrative story. So I've been doing that a lot more now, especially mm. like a lot of us work from home. So it's really convenient and it fills the space with noise. And um, mm. I, I feel like I binged watched all these television shows and I was like, I'm exhausted. Let's find another medium of media to like participate Binge watching in. shit is low-key exhausting though. Like I'd be yeah, like, oh girl, I feel like I just worked out. And it's like, but you <laughs> literally just fused into the couch, girl. Like it's like you and the couch are now one. Like how are you sitting here? Like what? You're like, oh, is that, that's my glutes deteriorating not them getting stronger? <laughs> huh. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, there's that. And then also I felt like, I felt like the person who did the book reading was South Asian. So it was really nice to hear their pronunciations mm. and hear them talk. And also I was like, I hope we're getting paid coins for this. And I, I did think, I, I did think about the complexities of that. Like if, if you're having someone read it who doesn't understand the language and say things. And I was like, hmm, there's probably something there about like centering Eurocentricism. But I was like, but this didn't happen in this book at, while I'm reading, listening to this audio tape. So I'm just going to let it go for now and not think about it because Akko, like sometimes, <laughs> you can just listen to an audio book and not think about the socio-political implications. <laughs> the socio-political landscape that the like audiobook exists in and intersects right. with and it's like okay maybe it could just right oh, maybe we just Jeff listen. Bezos owns Kindles but anyway we're not gonna get there. <laughs> it's worth listening if you have time or you know you're like I'm a slower reader and I uh, you know I, I want to read this but it's easier for me to listen or you know if you're differently able and you're like yeah that's not an option for me like you audiobooks like it's it's great mm. so also, I don't know. As long as we're going with audiobooks promotion, I guess we should also say like libraries are great. I don't know. Like I'm just trying to do that spectrum here. <laughs> not to be that like, you know, not to be that person, but that's literally where I be I mean, the past like go. 5 books I pretty much got like after Obelisk Gate, actually no. Blacker the <laughs> Blacker the Berry and Beyond. I've pretty much yeah, always gotten them from the library. Um Woo. Which is like great. They, and then people basically know me by face. Like I'm just like, hey girl, here to pick up. And they're like, damn, this bitch here again, <laughs> bitch. Like, oh my God. <laughs> here she come <laughs> with her books. <laughs> we're turning them and getting new ones. Um yeah. it's a little awkward though, because like the next book that we're gonna read, I have it now, but it's like really like in vogue. Like everyone wants it. So like mm. this is like a whole sub like talk about a subplot. <laughs> so literally my library, like, have, like we're just like, girl, fuck the book. So basically, so yeah, so my library, like they have this thing where like when you get a book, you can renew it, like you have it for periods of three weeks at a time. And then, like, you can mm. renew it up to three times. So usually, if you renew it all, you know, all three of the times, you can have the book easily for about three months. Mm. But the next book that's on our list, which if you go on our social media, you'll see, um, I have it now. And it's, like, really in vogue. So they don't have the renewal. So they're like, <gasps> oh, you can only have it for three weeks. And I'm like, oh, but Miss Mama, I need this for at least a month and a half longer. So I'm going to just keep it. And we'll just see what Oop. happens, girl. Like, Oop. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm just going to keep it until then. <laughs> I will return it, but I need it. So, because literally, like, the line, I, I think I was, like, the 45th person in line. I ordered this book, like, back in, like, September. Mm. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Y'all going to get it when you get it. It is what it is. So, like, that's, like, my local. So, like, talk about quarantine <laughs> drama. Like, I'm, like, having beef with my local library. <laughs> so, well, like, not really because not- they haven't said anything to you. If that does not go, right, like, are they actively invested in the beef? Not really. They literally don't even know, like, any of this is happening. Um, so if, the, if nothing else communicates that we're in a pandemic, the fact that, like, my library tea is somehow like, making the <laughs> roster of things to talk about is is where we are. Um, yes. But, but um, yes. 
Also, I mean, Marcy's Real Housewives of the Library side. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not the Real Housewives of lo- Public Library. <laughs> um, oh, libraries God. are actually really strong pillars of the community. And in the way that they also egalitarian. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just thinking about Marcy and this librarian who was like, of course, Marcy kept the book out. Anyway, um, right. It's going to be mad tense when I like return it. Oh my God. Oh my God I'm nervous. But it's fine. But, um, no, they are <laughs> really strong. charge pe- me too. <laughs> shit. Late fees. Late fees. Anyway. Um, sorry. They're really powerful <laughs> pillars of the community because, you know, it's very egalitarian. Everyone can get a book and read and learn to read. And actually there are sh- studies that show that there is like a, literacy to not prison pipeline so that the more literate young Mm. black and brown kids are the less likely that the prison industrial system which is not anyone's fault except for white supremacies will Mm. latch their scary little hands into them and take them off to prison so that's also a really great thing to remember is that literacy can literally save lives um And so can the power of imagination. Okay, here we go. Uh, <laughs> okay, I think. Okay, I think. I think. I think we're done. Um, I think the episode's so, finished. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I guess aside from what we already said, were there any other predictions you had, or are we good to just kind of? Honestly, I think it all kind of bled into each other here. So. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Well. If y'all were like, girl, what the entire fuck was this episode? (laughs) Y'all can let us know because we have an email at thesecolorpages at gmail.com. Also, if you want to tag us on Twitter on like, Mm. I don't know, like when my drama with the libraries like hit the streets, (laughs) if I'm like in the blogs, like let it tag us on Twitter at the color. We also love libraries and librarians. Y'all are friends. Oh, yeah. I'm literally like, I actually love the motherfuckers. Like literally. Um, (laughs) Also, check out our Instagram at these colored pages as well as our website at these coloredpages.com on our social media you can also find the books that we're going to be reading next so check out mm-hmm. our link tree there and it links to a page on our website that shows all the books that we're going to be reading next so you can read along if you so desire yeah, read along um, with and also you know if the show brought you any love light delight whatever you know please just leave us a, you know like a little bit of love wherever you're listening to this podcast which could be mm-hmm. apple Podcasts or not however if you are listening to apple Podcasts, listen we have right. 29 ratings and reviews. And personally, mm-hmm. I don't love prime numbers. Like, I don't <laughs> love them. Like, I don't love them. So if anyone wants to just get us up to 30, you know, right. just like a, like with a, like a five-star moment or whatever, mm-hmm. like, that would be cute or whatever. A you know, no something, pressure. Something. But like, you know, just like 30 is like, you know, like the wave, you know? Like, it's just like kind of the mood. <laughs> so, wave. you know, that's just something that we're just going to offer into the space. Um mm-hmm. But yes, I think, is there anything, I mean, is there, what, do we talk about anything else? Not me forgetting what we talk about in our outro. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess next time we'll just talk about, you know, the rest of what was in Malabar Hill. But I guess between now and then, Akko, is there anything we should leave our listeners with before we head out? No, I think we covered everything. So until we see you next time, just remember to stay, stay 